Who gave her nursery on her birthday? Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. We was here Wednesday night in this chapter. Can't get away from it, so. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. We talked about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness and what a showdown that was. Um, We know that Jesus was deity we know that and we also know that he was flesh and we know that flesh suffered and that flesh was hungry and that flesh was thirsty and the enemy tempted him and we know that Jesus used the word of God and he tempts us as well but in our temptation what the enemy is basically asking us is do you believe God's word or do you believe what I'm telling you? And we have to believe the word of God is enough because that's what Jesus used against the enemy. But the Bible says he came to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine For his word was with power. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. Cried out with a loud voice. I want you to imagine you're sitting in church. You're getting taught on the Sabbath day. And all of a sudden, somebody starts screaming. Saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. Man, what a confession. In the middle of the church service, Screaming coming out, thou art the Holy One of God. Watch this. Jesus rebuked him, saying, shut up. Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were amazed. They went from astonishment to amazement and spake among themselves saying, what a word is this? What a word is this? For with authority and power, he commandeth the unclean spirits and they come out. And the fame of him went into every place of the country round about. You can be seated. Good story. Right? Makes for good reading. What's that got to do with us? What does this story have to do with us in our contemporary lives that we live? 
what's the worldview that we should be taking out of this and why did God put this in scripture? I've got a few questions about this uh, line of scripture. I got a few questions about this story. Um, when he comes here, they're astonished at his doctrine. But the Bible tells us in verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through the region round about there too in Galilee. And he taught in their synagogues, the Bible says, glorified by all, glorified of all. Everybody's on his side. He's doing a good job. But then he comes to Nazareth where he had been brought up, same custom. He went to the synagogue to teach. And he pulls out the book of Isaiah, and he reads this scripture, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of the sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and all the eyes of the synagogue were on him, and he began to say, This day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. How powerful was that? He reads the prophecy that Isaiah is talking about. He, he confirms the, the prophecy and says, by the way, today this is being fulfilled in your, I'm the one that Isaiah was talking about. They didn't like it too good, so they took him out and was trying to kill him. He does good in Galilee, goes back home. Well, let me read it to you. Rose up. This verse 29, thrust him out of the city, led him to the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. Let me tell you something about Jesus. They wasn't going to kill him ever because he said, you don't take my life, I lay it down. I don't care how hard they tried, Brother Eddie. They was never going to take him out until he was willing to be taken out. Can you say amen? I understand he had flesh. I do. But I understand he was deity as well. I understand this. The plan of God was working in his life. And there's no devil in hell can stop that plan. We read about the temptation. In the temptation. I want to talk to you for just a minute about how important it is to overcome your temptation. In the wilderness, as he is tempted, after he's finished being tempted, he comes out, the Bible says, walking in power. He began to preach with authority. Listen really close to what this authority means. This authority means that Jesus was letting them know who he was, and he was saying this, I have the right to tell you how to live your life. Jacob, that don't sit well with a lot of people. Some people don't like for somebody else telling them what to do with their life. But if anybody has the authority to tell you how to live your life, it's Jesus. He would ask him, he would say, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I tell you to do? We learned this morning that if you're a believer, that you will seek to do the will of God. If you are a Christian, you will seek to do the things of God. You will seek to do his will. Can you say amen? You will seek to honor his commandments. It's not merely making a profession of faith. 
taking on the tag of a Christian, going off and doing your own thing at your own leisure the way you've always done it. No, when you're born again, there's a change that takes place in your life, and it bends you to do the will of God. Can you say amen? He comes, now, Darren, when I read this, I find it very interesting that he's in the synagogue, he's in Capernaum, he's there, he's preaching, and all of a sudden, this spirit begins to cry out of a man, this unclean spirit. I don't understand why spirits do what they do. I could never get into the mind of a demon. I don't want to. But what kind of makes me wonder is he would have never, maybe, never been discovered until he spoke up. He, for some reason, he begins to yell out and reveal himself. And it's like, if, if I was his friend, I'd be like, Shh, man, no, not him. Don't talk, no, don't. You're getting ready to completely blow your cover. I wouldn't say anything right now. You, you know who he is. Yeah, you're the Holy One of Israel. I, you're the Holy One of God. I know who you are. But I don't understand. I mean, sin is irrational. Can you say amen? Sin doesn't make sense when you really look at it. Because the truth is, every temptation is only temporary. And it only br brings temporary pleasure. And then there's an eternity of problems for temporary pleasure. I don't understand some of these spirits. But I, I got an idea that because he was an angel before and because he was very accustomed to giving glory to God in the presence of God, he had to scream out and reveal and go ahead and say, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Still trying to give praise. It was the man that was in the tomb cutting himself. As Jesus would put his foot on the shore, that he would run down and bow down and worship him. Why is that? Because I'm going to tell you this. There ain't no devil in hell that don't know who Jesus is. They knew who he was. But then Jesus tells him, hold your peace. And what I find so interesting is the Spirit obeys him. This demonic spirit obeys Jesus. But ain't the purpose of a demon to disobey Jesus? Ain't his goal in life to disobey? Isn't that what his job is to not only disobey but to somehow find a way to make you disobey? Ain't that the reason they exist? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he comes. Everything he does is in disobedience to the law of God. Amen? Do you think the devil sits down and says, guys, do whatever, but make sure you keep the Ten Commandments? He doesn't do that at all. As a matter of fact, isn't that what they try to do is influence people to break the commandments of God? Do you not think that the enemy is trying to make people steal? Because the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. Do you not think that the enemy tries to get people to murder? You cannot convince me that some of these people that go in and kill all of these innocent people 
are not demon-possessed. You'll never convince me of that. Because it's in the enemy to kill. So what, what, what I guess blows my amp and a half fuse is his whole existence. He's been disobeying God and then getting in people to make them disobey God. All the commandments, commit adultery, thou shalt not commit adultery. Do you not think that the enemy tries to influence people to break that commandment? But when Jesus says, hold your peace, he stops talking. Why is he obeying now? Why is he listening now? I believe, Andrew, it's because I, I can't think of a better term. I tried as I was studying this, but I believe there are two different, I don't want to say wheels, but two different sets of the way God does things. Because the law has authority. Listen really close. The law has authority. We live in a generation that's trying every way in the world to get away from law having authority. Some people don't like authority at all. I can tell them. We work around some of them. They know everything, been everywhere. Dunn had 22 jobs. Was a foreman on this job, that job, this job, that job. And I'm like, how old are you, 22? This, none, of this, none of this adds up to me. Let me, let me show you how to do this. All right, I got it, I got it, I got it. No, there's, they, they can't handle any authority. Let me tell you this right now. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to give in to authority. I said, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to give in to authority. And I'm going to tell you this, if you're ever going to be a leader, you've got to have somebody leading you. If you don't know how to submit to leadership, you'll never be a leader. So this, this, this devil submits to the voice of Jesus. The Bible says the law is spiritual. The, the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. Here's what we do a lot of times. Well, that's under the law. I never was under the law. Let me say that again. I never was under the law. I was never under the Mosaic law. I'm, I'm a Gentile, crazy heathen running around. But I believe that God has this moral law set up that still exists today. The ceremonial law I was never under. But I believe it's the will of God that you still don't steal. I believe it's the will of God that you still don't kill. I believe it's still the will of God that you don't commit adultery. I believe all that's still the will of God. I believe there is a moral law. And I believe that the enemy does everything he can to break the moral law of God. Can you say amen? He, he, he puts ideas in your head to break the moral law of God. But that law has authority. It, it has authority. The moral law of God still has authority. Are, am I okay saying that? So the enemy does everything he can to break that. And he doesn't give any regard to that law at all. He breaks it all the time. The problem was when Jesus began to speak, he just didn't speak with authority. He had the right, oh glory, this is good stuff. He had the right to tell them how they ought to live. 
He looked at the woman caught in adultery, and he said, Go thy way and sin no more. That's authority. He had the right to tell her not to do that anymore. But the Bible says, they said, what kind of word is this? Oh, we've been commanded before. We know about commandments. We know that there's something that can tell us how we ought to live. We know there's a law. But what kind of word is this? This word is a different word because he doesn't just speak with authority. He speaks with authority and power. You see, the law, the problem with the law is it was powerless against our flesh. Oh, let me preach to you. The problem with the law was it had the authority, but it had no way to make me uh, strong enough to do what it told me to do. Are you with me? It had authority, but it had no power. Why did it not have any power? Because the law was weak through the flesh. The law was weak through the flesh. Are you following me? When he gave us the law, when he gave them the law, let me rephrase that. When he gave them the law, he also gave them the plan to the tabernacle. Find that interesting? He said, here's these laws. Now, what do these laws do? They reveal the heart of God. We write them off so quickly where we're no longer under the law. It revealed the heart of God, and it was spiritual. But its purpose, Darren, was to show us how sinful human nature really is. Sin is not imputed where there is no law. Sin is not imputed where there is no law. So how do you know? If you're going down the road and there's no speed limit sign, hammer on it. Why? Because there's no sign. There's, now, be careful, though, because a lot of states says if there's no posted speed limit sign, the speed limit is, and they'll have that as a law, so be careful. But if there's no law, then there's no way you can be pulled over if there's no law. Well, God made a law, so now you can be pulled over. So now you're in trouble. The problem is you have no power over that, though the law has authority. They said, what kind of word is this? What kind of word is this? This demon, that its whole purpose of existence is to break the law of God, the moral code of God. When Jesus says, hold your peace, he zips it up. Why does he zip? Oh, man, I hope you're seeing this. Because Jesus didn't just come in authority. He came with authority and power. A few verses earlier, he's being tempted by the devil. And the devil says to Jesus, command that these stones be made bread. He's trying to tell Jesus what to say. A few verses later, Jesus comes through his temptation. He walks out of the wilderness in power. And the Bible says that the devil would flee from him for a season oh yeah they're fleeing from him all right he walks into the synagogue and this spirit knows exactly who he is he says you're the holy one of israel he says hold your peace and come out of him 
See, when you overcome your temptation, you walk in a different realm of power. When you walk in that power, the enemy don't command you. You command him. The enemy don't tell you what to say. You tell him what to say. You walk in power. Oh, preach it, preacher. I'm going to. The enemy comes and he tempts you. And when he tempts you and you give in, you give him power. You give him the power over you. You think you're getting away with it. What we say is, is, oh, it's okay. God's going to forgive me. And God is gracious. The problem is, you're going to stay in that wilderness until you get victory over that problem and walk out victorious. How are you going to do that? Through the Word of God. He walks out with power. He's overcame. He didn't give in. He walked out victorious. He walked out and the devil left and every little demon he comes up on starts running away from him too. Hold your peace. Come out of it. He's walking in power. What kind of word is this? What kind of word is this? I'm going to tell you what kind of word it is. It's a word of victory. So what we need to do, this is the most important sermon you've ever heard this year from me. The most important thing you can do is when nobody's around and the enemy is tempting you is win the battle. The most important thing you can do is when nobody's around and and nobody's watching and the enemy comes to tempt you one-on-one and he tells you what to do. He tells you what to do. I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you what. Uh, grab your phone and type this in. Okay. I really don't want to do this. Yeah, you do. You're giving in to the command of the devil. You know how scary that is. Where do you draw the line? Where do you stop? Where do you say, hold on a second? This is a temptation of the devil. Oh, let me, let me get to some of y'all people, uh, some of y'all other people. Tell them. You tell them. Tell them what you think. Your sweet tea was hot. She didn't bring you no splendor. You tell them. You tell them. Hey! Well, let you know you're really eating into your tip. You hateful thing. What would Jesus do if he was sitting there? Oh, preach it, preacher. Let me tell you what we need to do. We need to stop listening to the enemy telling us what to do. And then we do it, and then we keep running back for forgiveness over and over and over when we've been given the victory to overcome him right now, and I don't have to listen to a word he says. I don't care how hungry I am. I don't care how thirsty I am. I don't care. I'm going to tell you right now, thirsty people do crazy things. Don't get that thirsty. Get filled with the well that don't run dry. And when the enemy comes in, you're full of power. He walks out an overcomer. Is you overcoming important? Yes. Is your victory important? Yes. How important? They said, Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom, could you make my boys, 
sit on each side of you. What did Jesus say? He said, that's not mine to give. Well, then whose is it? He said, that's not mine to give. I don't give that. (laughs) You hear me? I don't give that. But the book of Revelation says, to him that overcomes, will I grant to sit there. He don't give it. You take it. Oh, let me say that again. You missed it. It's to the overcomer that's granted that. See, you're walking around thinking, God, you're saved. And you're giving in to everything the enemy brings along. But I'm not talking. I'm talking to saved people that's going to the next level. That when the enemy says, command this, you say, no, the word of God says that. When the enemy says, touch this, you say, no, the word of God says this. When the enemy says, go here, you say, it is written. I'm going to worship God and him only. I'm not giving in. He walks out with power of the Spirit. He's preaching. And they're astonished. And they're amazed. And the spirits are listening to him. Hold your peace. Don't, don't, don't say it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Then I try to preach real short Wednesday. And I thought I did. Until I looked at the recording. I hope it was as much fun for y'all as it was me. The servant of the Lord must not. You know what that means, people? Strive. Fight. Fight. The servant of the Lord must not fight. Watch you right now. Come and take it. I tell you what they ain't gonna do. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna, I tell you, uh, just because I'm a Christian don't mean I gotta let anybody walk over me. I'll knock you out. I'll slay you. Not in the spirit, I'll slay you. The servant of the Lord must not fight. Sorry, Macho. Servant of the Lord must not fight, but be gentle unto all men. But you don't know this one guy. I'm telling you, he gets all up under my skin. And every time I see him, I just want to. Oh, y'all don't have anybody like that in y'all's life. Y'all are so righteous and so holy and so got it together. You don't have anybody you want to knock out ever. Thank you. Thank you. Lord Janice, get them, girl. <laughs> you, ever, you ever have those issues? He says, you know, to all men, all men. Watch this. Apt to teach. Does this go together? Does all this go together? Don't punch them. Be nice to them. Teach them something. Yeah, it all goes together. Because people don't care what you know unless they know that you care. How are you going to be mean to somebody and then tell them about the love of Jesus? The love of Jesus covers all of our sins. He forgives us for everything. But me, mm-mm. Jesus loves you, I'm trying. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Why? 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 Next verse tells us. 
in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If we don't live in a generation of, a pe of people that oppose themselves, I don't know who did. Well, you need to accept me for how I am. You can't accept you for how you am. What do you mean? How can I accept you for who you are when you can't accept yourself for what you are? You're struggling with you, but I'm not allowed to struggle with you. Teach them all, even those that oppose themselves, even them that are in contradiction with themselves. Wow, you think God knew these days were coming? Do you think God knew what we were going to be up against? Do you think he didn't know to make us mad sometimes? Listen, it's okay. This world is weird. It's getting weirder. I'm a cat. What? What is wrong with you? I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. Sin is irrational. It makes, it brings stupidity. It does. Listen, I love them, but you're not a cat. You're not. I can't go along with that line of thinking. If, if, if a guy comes up to me and says my name is Angela, I'll call him Angela. But if he comes up to me and says, I'm going to have a baby, I'm going to say, you're stupid. I love you, but that's dumb. I don't have to be dumb to love you. Watch this. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Do you understand that this world is in a battle with themselves? They are contradicting themselves. A, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. This is how you can, you can, when you're talking to an unbeliever, let them talk and they will be double-minded in something. Catch them in that and tell them they got to fix that because it's contrary. If God, watch this, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the Man, this is so powerful. We're on shouting ground. Why are we on shouting ground? Because he says, here's what you need to do. You need to teach them. You need to teach them the truth. Be nice to them. Don't punch them. This is Damon version. Don't punch them. Don't shove with them. Don't punch them. Be meek to them. Be gentle to them. Teach them. And let me tell you what God might do. Moses says, if God. Because let me tell you something about God. It's up to him. It is completely up to him. If God wants to call him, he can call him. If he wants you to do it, then he can use you to do it. You can teach him. Some of them don't come to repentance. I've taught some of them. I've, sit, I've sat at tables across from them. And I've told them. I said, do you understand that the lifestyle that you are living right now is contrary to the word of God? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, because what this will do is this will send you to hell. I understand that. But yet, they're still in that place. But here's how powerful the Word of God is when you speak it with authority and power. God 
could take that person who is opposing themselves, who is fighting within themselves, and give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, to where they acknowledge that what you are saying is true. Do you understand how awesome it is to have been given the Spirit of God that you're not just speaking in authority, but you are speaking with authority and power, and the very devil that controls them is scared to death of the truth that you are preaching because it understands that by truth people are liberated. What are you saying? I'm saying tomorrow, tomorrow morning when I get to work, I have a guy that has promised he was coming to church, and I'm going to get after him. Let me tell you what's going to happen in the morning. When I get up, I will not want to go to work. Can I get an amen? Okay, thank you. But I will go, and I will drive to work, and I'll be sleepy because I'm going to stay up too late because I want my weekend to last as long as I can possibly make it last. And I know as soon as I go to bed, I'm back to work tomorrow. And I'm going to drive to work and I'm going to have sleep. And when I get there, though, the devil's going to be nervous. The reason he's going to be nervous is like, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? Because if he treats him nice and he starts talking truth, God might lead that boy to repentance. Do you understand the power in that? Do you understand the power in that? He says, God could do that. Oh, hurry, hurry, hurry. Having too much fun. First Thessalonians 2.13, I'm almost done. Watch this. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of man, but as in the truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. Let me ask you a question real quick as the musicians come. Is the word of God working in you? Does the word of God work in you? When I get up here and yell at you for 30 minutes, is there any part of all of that that you go, hmm? I know some of you it does because you come up to me and say, man, you really stepped on my toes. And I'm like, are you, yeah, I felt it under my foot. It hits you, don't it? That's the word of God working in you. But not only can the work of God, word of God work in you, it can work for you. Man, something working on you. You ever had something working on you? Somebody ever looked at you and said, hey, man, what's eating at you? What's wrong with you? And uh, what's, what's, what's eating at you, man? What's, what's, what you got going on? You're under conviction? Anybody ever been there? That's the word of God working in you. That same word can be spoke in power and worked for you. When the enemy comes in like a, oh, somebody give me a testimony. Has the enemy ever came in like a flood? Have you ever got up and you just said, man, this is like, this is like torture week. Like, what did I do to deserve this? What did, everywhere I turn, it's like it won't end. This has happened throughout all humanity. It's where we get sayings like, when it rains, when it rains, it pours, don't it? 
you know what you got to do? You got to start speaking the word with authority and power. Let me say that again. You got to speak the word with authority and power. This demon is obeying Jesus because he speaks it in power. That don't mean you got to speak it louder. Though sometimes it helps. When I screamed while ago, I watched y'all jump, and a couple of you woke up. When you speak it in power, you speak it in what Jesus has already done. Darren, I can't base this on me. He rebukes this spirit. He rebukes it. Jesus rebuked the spirit. When's the last time you rebuked the devil? When's the last time the devil came and tried to tell you to do And you said, no, I, re I, re I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And I get it, Sam. I get it. The demon could converse and have conversation and, and listen, and it, it listened to him. But then in the same chapter, I believe, he goes into Peter's mother-in-law's house. And she's got a fever. And the Bible says he rebukes the fever. Fever don't have ears. Fever don't have any way of communicating. But the fever listened to him too. What kind of word is this that you can speak to spirits? You can speak to nature? You can speak to all these things and they listen. He said, you can say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Well, preacher, that's metaphorically. No, it may be, but the same word has the same power to look at the mountain and say, move out of the way, mountain. Not only does the spirit have to listen to you, nature has to listen to you. You can speak to a disease with power, and that disease without any ears has to listen to the word of God. You know what you need to do? You need to just talk to whatever is going on in you and say, I'm sorry, you don't belong here. And this is in the power of the Spirit of God. I have the right to tell you to leave. But not only do I have the right, I got the power to drive you out. Oh, let me say that again. That's good. I have the authority to tell you to leave. Not only do I have the authority, I have the power to push you out of here. I need somebody. I need somebody. I need somebody that's got something going on in your life right now. And I'm telling you, this ain't mystical and this ain't theatrics. This is promise. What kind of word is this? What kind of word is this? Stand up, Brandon. Come on. Come on. I am so tired of playing around with this devil. Let's pray. Let's keep praying. Let's get, no, let's take some authority and some power and tell that devil he has no place here. Let's start talking like we're children of the king. Not by religious enthusiasm. Listen, if you're not willing to rebuke the spirit, don't pray. Don't pray. Oh, but would you help me? Would you help me? Would you help me? Would you help me? In the name of Jesus, 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 peace. In the name of Jesus, deliverance. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Devil, you're a liar. You're the father of every lie. We rebuke you in the name that's above every name. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you, devil. The Lord rebuke you by his word, by his promise. God, we're ready. We're ready to receive your difference. We're ready, Lord. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. God, we're ready. We're saying, yes, Lord. 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 What kind of word? What kind of word is this? What kind of word is this, they said. What kind of word is this? It's the word of the king. It's the word of the king. It's the word of the king. Don't wait. Don't wait, Brandon. Don't wait till you see a difference. Praise him for it right now. Praise him for it right now. Say, God, I trust you. 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 I trust you, Lord. I trust you. 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 What kind of word is this? What kind of power are you talking about? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think by the power that works in us. That's in your Bible. Sometimes you just need to look at the devil and say, you're trespassing. You don't belong here. You don't belong here. You don't belong here. Kim, Kim, bring him up here. Yeah, come on. Come on, come on. Come on over here. Come on. Help me pray. Help me pray. Help me pray, help me pray.